The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Topics. My name's Paul Edwards and my co-host is with us as well this evening, Mr. Brian. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. That sound behind Larry giving the... uh... What, what do they call those? The disclaimers? Uh, yeah. Oh, it sounds like a carnival to me, and I haven't been to a carnival in a while. I think, Rick, you and I, last time I went to anything approaching the carnival was a top-sealed fair with you, and that was years ago. Yeah, that's coming up again here pretty soon in October. I, I, keep, I keep thinking it's a calliope, but... Well, yeah. that kind of thing, carnival, calliope... Yeah. Well, we'll have Mary to, we'll have to ask Mr. Gassman whether it is, since he's, well, I guess, is the one who put that one together. Makes you think he's got a clown face on. It does. It does. So we have a couple of new folks tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Mr. Gassman is away on his Alaska cruise, which I'm sure he will tell us all about when he gets back. And uh, Miss Marianne is sick. So in their place, I am happy to welcome Miss Belinda Collins, who's doing our streaming. Hey, Miss Belinda. Hi, Paul, Brian, and uh, Rick. Glad to join you all this evening. Yeah, we're glad to have you. you. Now, I don't know whether you've been told, but we expect participation. Oh, yes, he he has informed me. Not just engineering. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Go ahead, Paul. And and doing our hand raising is Monica Swofa. Hello, Monica. Hi, Paul, Rick, and Brian. Glad to be here tonight. Yeah, it's exciting. So we are oh, discussing yeah. all kinds of <laughs> we're discussing all kinds of different topics, and we'll and we'll see how they go. Um, it 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 is difficult for me to come up with new topics every week. So I'm hoping that that we'll get some suggestions. I actually did receive some um, from uh, from Ohio and uh, from Melody Holloway actually, and and. Perhaps I, I'm going to certainly take a look at them tonight or tomorrow and see if perhaps we might <clears throat> use one of her suggestions next week because I'm sort of running out of ideas. But tonight we're doing kind of a a strange uh, group of topics that, that all revolve around the time of year that it is. Um, is summer a good thing for blind people is one of our questions. Um, how do we feel about Labor Day is another and the third is, um, what was it like, or what is it like going back to school? Um, you know, if you if you think about summer, did did you as a blind kid enjoy summer, or were you looking forward to going back to school? Um, and so it's a it, it for me they're interesting questions because I don't know whether most folks who are blind see summer in the same way as everybody else does, or see Labor Day in the same way as everybody else does and and that kind of stuff. So we'll have to see how it goes. So where do you want to start, Brian? So I'm going to, I'm going to start at the third question, you know, school, going back to school stuff, because today was the first day back to school for the school district in which I live. And my backyard neighbor, yep, my backyard neighbor is a grade school. So one of the things they did when they rebuilt the school was they put in a new improved way to go to the school from my street. So in the morning around 
seven seven thirty in that time frame. Uh, cars start lining up along my street, decanting children and parents and that kind of thing to escort them to their time. So this morning, I went out and sat on my front porch and enjoyed the first day back at school of all those kids. Uh, and one of the things I was impressed was that there seemed to be a lot more dads taking kids to school this morning than moms. I don't know if that's because it's the first day of school or what, but it was, it's kind of fun. Um, Certainly didn't used to be the case, did it? No, no, not in the olden days. That's for sure. So that's one thing I like about going back to school. I like the sound, not of one child screaming, but of a schoolyard full of kids having fun together. And that's what you hear when you go to my mm-hmm. uh, backyard and sit on the deck and enjoy uh, that whole ball de roll. Really, yeah. really quite fun. Yeah. We're also cool. adding an addition of our own in the next seven days, and that is a neighborhood l- mini library. Uh, How cool is that? We, we purchased this thing. Um, that's a basically a four by four post with a miniature house on top of it that you put books you're willing to share. Uh, and we have it right along the front of our property line. So as the kids go to school in the morning or come back from school in the afternoon, they can look in there to see if there's a book they'd like to swap out for something new. So that you, that what you encourage is, is for somebody to put a book in when they take a book out. Exactly. And I imagine that mostly the books that are going to go in are going to come from the parents uh, escorting. And we chose to make it a kid's library, though many of these around the country, you know, have other genres that are uh, popular. That's interesting. Um, Rick, did you enjoy the summer? Were you did, did you look forward to going back to school or? I got a mouthful of uh, chips and dip. Hold on. <laughs> I That's caught a him. good time. Yeah. <laughs> a hell of a good uh, onion dip. Oh, that's good stuff. What kind good of stuff. dip it was. <laughs> yeah, hell of a good. I just dropped a whole jar of that in my kitchen last night. Not fun. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah, just, so, how about so, summer in school, Mr. Rick? Um, I was always very melancholy when it was time to go back to school. You know, the song that used to haunt me was See You in September by The Happenings, I think it was called. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. See you in September. But but, but now, it's interesting now, I, I love the fall. Yeah. But I, I, but I still get kind of in a funk, you know, around this time because it's like, you know, summer's over. I, I, you know, I, I say this every year, but it seems like after July 4th, summer's over. Uh-huh. And um, the, the month of after August. July 4th. Ooh, yeah, yeah. 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 The month of the month of August goes by so fast. It does. Um, so, Miss Belinda, were you a summer person or did you like to? You know, so as a kid, I, I was a summer person. I, um. Really, but I was excited to go back to school, though. Um, so I wanted to, it was always, 
neat to see which of my friends would be in my class, you know, or if I would meet someone new. But yeah, I was a, I was definitely a summer kid though. But I now, as an adult, no, I summers. Oh, fall is my favorite. I am so happy that it's September. <laughs> so. Hasn't started getting cool in most places, though. Definitely not in North Carolina. Yep. Miss Miss Monica, how about you in school? In Me summer. In school. I, I, I liked summer. Uh, yep. I liked just being able to get up at whatever time you wanted, except, yeah. if mom, except if mom was home. She made me get up at eight on Saturdays, like everyone. So that <laughs> I didn't like. But <laughs> as, as far as sort of. Sort of huh? sound like a laid back person, Miss Monica. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm laid back, but when school was happening, it was more. I I felt more stressed because yeah. of of see in New York where I grew up, school always started the first Wednesday after Labor Day. So once Labor Day hit, I was like, oh man, school again. <laughs> and so, so, um, that's. <laughs> It's one of the things that's changed these days because, oh, you know, know, after Labor Day was always the time when school started. But here, school's been going on since the middle of August. And that's the same here in in, in Houston where I live. They started school a couple of weeks ago. Well, yeah. they always get they always get us because it's we always would start the last week in August. So, of course, we'd go back to school. Then we get that Labor Day a teaser, basically. We got a day off, and then we go right back again. Right. But what was what was worse here is because of the hurricane, we had we had school on Monday, and then everybody got three days off because of the hurricane. You know, so you could prepare when it was coming, so you could go through it and then clean up after. Um, and then and then, but but they made everybody go back to school on Friday. So oh was, man. It was really sort of bizarre. And then you had Labor Day. So people could have had a whole week off and yeah. didn't get it. <laughs> when I was a kid, one of the things that drove things, and I grew up in Oregon, was harvesting. Uh, kids were field laborers uh, for strawberry yep. picking in particular. That's how we made all of our pocket money uh, and could assist in the, the purchase of go back to school things through our labors. So when I hear the word smuckers, strawberry jam company. Yep. 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 They owned a big chunk of the strawberry fields uh, where I grew up. And that was just part of things. In fact, the first school bus you saw each year was taking you to the fields, not taking you to school. Gotcha. <clears throat> and and it, that happened during the summer, Brian. Oh yeah, because um, down here, strawberry season is sort of February to April or February to May. Yeah, you guys call those strawberries, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oregonians are very stuck up about their strawberries. Just want you to know. I I get that. I get that. <laughs> But, so um, the other thing about school is I never attended a residential program. Uh, I, I, I take that back. I did attend a summer school for a week or right. two 
at the school for the blind in the summer. So it was kind of more like camp than school. But I never did attend a residential school. And I wondered whether or not those who did attend residential yeah, schools I, had a different attitude about summer might, and going back to might school. might be very different. I, I went to... Um... I went to a residential school for for a year in California, and then um, ended up in a in a day school in Carmel, and then um, ended up at a school for the blind in Vancouver for British Columbia for mm -hmm. about a year, and then ended up in a school for boys, a boarding school for boys, and I was there from the time I was ten to thirteen. And then moved to Jamaica and was back in a day school. Um, and that was sort of fun because my brother and I used to ride to school every day on a tandem. And that, that was sort of fun to do. There you go. Um, so, and there it's so summer had, all the time. So Yeah, it is summer all the time. So I had, I had kind of different school experiences. Uh, I don't know that it was a lot different. Um, I, I, I sort of like boarding school and and uh, and um, so I, I don't think I was ever bothered by going back to school. I, I probably like school better than I like summer most of the time um, be, because I had more friends and and my 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 home life was a little odd. Um, it got much odder once we got to Jamaica, but it was pretty odd even before that. Um, so yeah. Um, hmm. Miss, uh, did either of you two ladies go to a, a residential school? I did not. Um, I attended uh, like summer programs uh, every year. That was actually my only interaction with other blind kids um, had mm -hmm. I not attended those programs. So I'm, I'm grateful that my parents did send me to those in the summer, but um, yeah, I was mainly uh, mainstreamed. Nice. That's me too. <laughs> How about you, Miss Monica? I was mainstreamed mainly. Nice. Um, but when I lived in New York on Saturdays, I would go to the Lighthouse for the Blind for ah. the Saturday youth program there. Yep, yep. Nice. And that's where I met. I Well, in my elementary school, they had a resource room, so there were some blind children there for grades one through six and so i in my first school that's where that's where i met some people that were blind met as some, well as the lighthouse right. nice excellent mm -hmm. really so, an important thing that i think a lot of mainstream kids these days struggle with getting that opportunity to be around people where blindness is not the thing that makes you the odd person out yeah um so, so let's let's see if anybody who is um, who is out there has some issues with regard to school and and summer. Miss Monica, do we have any hands up there? Yes, we do. We will go with Pam Coffee first. Hey, Miss Pam. And then after Pam, will hello. Be um, I was mainstreamed. We did have a resource room at least in the elementary school. We did. Uh, in high school, the, <laughs> the resource room was actually sort of a corner of the library. That got interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 
But I loved summer because, well, I would do things during the summer that you just couldn't do during the school year. Like some years I went went to camp or I did go to a summer program, a little bit like day camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our family would usually take a vacation in the summer. And sometimes we w- went to some really neat places, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Boston. Nice. Uh, um, Richmond. Well, um, <laughs> several places in Virginia, Monticello, um, Williamsburg, um, all kind of neat cool places. Like, yeah. Oh, it was fun. Uh, <clears throat> but I I also love school um, overall. And we, city of Atlanta, where I grew up, we usually started school either, in some years, it really was the day after Labor Day. But most years, it was a few days before Labor Day. And we would go to school, oh, three or four days, and then we would have Labor Day weekend off the last big hurrah so that was a little bit crazy Uh well now i don't know what they do in atlanta now because i don't live there anymore but in in uh, alabama we start they start school early to mid august and to me that just seems insane it's hot uh you know kids really would rather be at camp or in a swimming pool or someplace right. where it's cool, you right. know. They don't want to be sitting in a classroom. And yeah. and there are still, in some places, there are still old, old school buildings that still no air do not have AC. Yep. And they're sitting there. They were talking there about in, that on the evening news tonight. In fact, it was one yeah. of the major things on the evening news. Yeah, and and you're sitting there in August, and it's 98 degrees outside, and you're sitting in a classroom trying to concentrate on geometry. Well, <laughs> they, they, they actually indicate that, that there are some studies out there that say that when it's really hot, yeah. Kids learn at about 70% of, the, of, of the, their ability to learn when it's not. I can believe so it. So it's fascinating. For one thing, yep. you can't stay awake. You feel like you're about to fall asleep when it's that hot. <laughs> That's right, especially after lunch. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Miss um, Pam, thank you a lot for well, your call. For we'll, we'll, we may, thank we you. may well talk to you later on some of the other thank topics. You. So We'll do cool. it. Thanks. Who else we got, Miss Monica? We have Janet or Keith. Hey, Miss Janet. Suspense. You can unmute, Miss Janet. Oh, I am I unmuted now? There you are. You oh, are. Sorry. Okay. I would like to mention the first and the last day of school. Like uh, Monica, I went to a school, at probably the same type of school in New Jersey. It was one of the ones built in 1920, and it was one of the old stone schools that had 
carved into the cement girls' entrance and in the back of the school boys' entrance. Oh, my goodness. And that's the way things were then. But I, not that I was born in 1920s. <laughs> but <laughs> the first day that I went to school, my brother was two years older. I loved being home with mommy those two years by myself. But when I had to go mm -hmm. to kindergarten and she took me to school, I cried the entire morning. I cried the next day, the next day, every day that I had to leave my mother. And so much so that she had to give me her sweater that I would bring to school and hug so I could have the smell of her mother on <laughs> my, with me. Fast forward decades later, I'm bringing mm -hmm. my daughter to school for the first day, assuming she's going to have the same reaction and I'm ready for her sobs. I brought her into the kindergarten. She sat down in the chair. She saw the things on the table. She didn't even turn her head and waved goodbye over her shoulder and said, bye, mommy. See you later. Exactly. <laughs> they took me into the room with the other first mothers and I cried again. <laughs> mothers said to me, oh, this must be your first child in school. And I'm sobbing. And after about 30 minutes, I'm still crying. And one mother says, this must be her only child. <laughs> she had more at home she'd be happy they're going to school so that, there you go. that's first day but mm -hmm. i loved most of all i mean i loved school i hated homework but i loved school but i loved yep. the last day of school because we lived in a town um that cliffside park new jersey and fairview new jersey maybe some of you older ones might remember an old song by freddie cannon called palisades park and it went yep. last night i took a walk in the dark a swinging place called palisades park that was I our remember town. It. our town had palisades amusement park in our town so the last day of school palisades amusement park gave every student a strip of tickets with seven rides free admittance, and one free ice cream cone. And the whole school and the band and everybody marched up the town street to Palisades Amusement Park. And that was our last day of school every year. And we all loved it. I bet you did. I can imagine. Bet you did. I can now, imagine. Now, did, did, like, did you like summer, Miss Janet? Did, did you enjoy I summer? I loved summer because we were by the Jersey Shore. And our family always rented a home down the shore so we could be at the beach. And looked forward to nice. those. And you know, we, I, I mean, I'm so far. I'm living in Georgia now. Okay, I'm here. Followed grandchildren south, but my heart, being in Manhattan, being in New Jersey, straight across from Midtown Manhattan, one hour from the ski resorts, one hour from the beach, to me is one of the most beautiful places to live ever. I, I hear you. I miss it. <clears throat> Excellent. Thank you so much for your call, dear one. You're welcome. And 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 stick your hand up later when we're talking about other stuff, if you like. Okay. Excellent. Miss Monica. We will go to Carla Hayes. Ms. Ah, Hayes. From McMurray, Pennsylvania. So far, we haven't run across anybody who is... Um, we, we haven't run across anybody who is from, went to residential school so far. No. Nope. Can you hear me? Yes, we, we can, can now. 
Okay, I was having some trouble. Jaws keeps losing its focus. Um, okay, so I am. I'm guilty of the same thing, though. Just I don't want to yeah. just pick on Jaws. I lose my focus yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, that yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have three different perspectives of back to school. First of all, I went to residential school until I went to Western Pennsylvania School for the Blind uh, until um, my tenth grade year. And then I was mainstreamed. And I will say that I dreaded going back to school when I went to the boarding school, you know, because I knew that I felt like I was on parole when I was at home. Um, you know what I mean? And then I had to go back to prison and I, I was missing my family and missing a lot of family activities. And and I was bullied a lot at the school for the blind. And I yep. I had made a lot of friends in my community um, and there were some nice things about the school for the blind. And if, if I still, I would probably still do the same thing if given a choice, because I was, um, you know, I was taught Braille and mobility and given a lot of great foundations and blindness skills and all that, which I wouldn't have gotten when I was mainstreamed because I was mainstreamed in the fall of 1975 when mainstreaming just became the law of the land. And I was the only blind kid at Peters Township High School. And that was just, then my whole attitude changed. I couldn't wait to go back to school. I, I mean, I couldn't wait to go to school. It was just like a whole new chapter of my life. That's and interesting. Because was, a lot of people who go to residential school feel just the opposite. And they, they, they don't love mainstreaming. Why did you like it so much? I liked it because I could come home every night. I could be with yep. family. I had made so many friends in the community before, and I could go to my church and everything. And it was so nice. I I remember I had I walked to school, and I'd put my saxophone in my left hand, put all my books in a backpack, and put them on my back, my cane in my right. And it took me about 45 minutes to an hour to walk to school. And I wow. loved it. Yeah, they weren't busing them until you were like under two miles or something. I forget what it was, or just two miles. And now they bus everybody. But at first, I was treated like a novelty. I was the only blind kid in the school, and I was used as uh -huh. a human hall pass. You know, they would say, oh, we were helping Carla. And then, you know, <laughs> for class. But I, you know, I played the piano for a girl group called the Wayfarers. I played in the stage band and the concert band and everybody made me feel at home. And I was not bullied at the school. I mean, I was bullied at the school for the blind. I was not bullied in public school. I mean, so just out of curiosity, what kind of bullying goes on in the school for the blind that it because I, I would have thought that there would have to be a kind of a different kind of bullying than than would go on in a regular school. Well, um, um, well, I'll give you an example. When I was um, just in kindergarten, it started. One of the girls threw my chatty Kathy doll in the garbage can, and oh. nobody, nobody um, owned up to it. So the house mother made us all sit on our chairs. That was the punishment. You had to sit on your chair after school. You couldn't play or anything, and we yep. had to do this for days. And finally, somebody. Um, owned up to it. But after that, everybody hated me because it was me that made them sit on the chairs all that time. And so my classmates bullied me. And then when I was in fifth grade, some of my classmates said that I said something about a house mother and I didn't. So they made me sleep in the kindergarten dorm. They called it the baby dorm. And it was humiliating to me. I bet. And yeah. then I had a, a math teacher 
who used to um, take my algebra papers and he'd say, hmm, algebra made interesting by Mary Carla Hayes. And he'd read all of my bad answers in front of the class and say, let's see what kind of nonsense Mary Carla has for us now. And so, oh, gosh. you know, I had, you know, bullying by teachers and I had bullying by students. I had a teacher, yep. that, a house parent that threatened to flush our heads down the commode if we did something wrong. And I believed her. And I yeah. mean, I doesn't so sound like fun, huh, guys? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. But those are my two perspectives because I went to yep. when I went to Peter's. That was all over, and I could come home yep. at night if something went wrong. I could come home, you know. I could get away from it. So it's just really different. And my third perspective of school, I won't tell you about college, but um, you know, my third perspective is now I go back to school as a teacher, and that's a whole different perspective. <laughs> it is a because whole different perspective. You are orchestrating your students back to school experience when you think about it. And yeah. there's that still same combination of dread and excitement and, you know what I mean, yeah. new beginnings. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to teach in this country. I, I taught for what, um, 10 years in Trinidad. Wow. Um, and, and I, I really enjoyed that, it, but, but I don't think, uh, I, I don't think teachers are as respected here in this country as, as they were in, in, in Trinidad. But, but it was interesting because, because I went to work for the first year for almost nothing to convince myself that I could do it a good enough job at it. And then after that, I, I went for, I, I started getting really pushy and ended up as a, the kind of senior history master at a, at a pretty good school. So it was fun. Yeah. So, yeah and you're right. Uh, you know, I've been teaching for 40 years and respect for teachers is not what it was when I came out of college. Even yeah, that's right. Eroded, and after the pandemic, yeah. it's even gotten worse. I, but, I've uh, heard that. But, you know, when you have teaching, once you have teaching in your blood, you, you know, it's like anything. You get radio in your blood. It never goes yeah. away. You get teaching in yeah. your blood. This is There's true. There's something about, you know, setting up my classroom. And now as we're on this call, um, you know, I teach at a, a Christian school, but I also have my own business, Languilla and Communications. And I do right. classes for homeschoolers. And tomorrow's nice. the first day of school for the homeschoolers. And I have a Spanish one, a French one, a German one, an Italian class, four classes. Oh my goodness! So right now I'm I'm getting things set up for tomorrow's classes as I'm listening to this. So it's a different well, perspective when you go back to school as a teacher. It is. So I just thank you for sharing with us, Miss Carla. Well, thank you. I Ms. very Hi. much appreciate it. Yeah, we thank that you was, for that calling. Was fun. Yep. Got some more, Miss Monica. Yes, I do. We have Patty. Next. Hey, Miss Patty. Be Hello. Could... There hey she there. is. Not <clears throat> peppermint, though. Oh, I've been called that a few times, and Patty Melt, and all the other. Patty. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's right. <laughs> things, but anyway, moving on. <clears throat> um, I have been to both the residential uh, tennis. I went to Tennessee School for the Blind. Uh -huh. um, they tried it. We, I, I, my first experience, I was probably, oh, I don't know, five or six years. I was, I guess I was six years old because I was born in November. So I had to be, you know, late going to school because of when my birthday right. was. 
And um, I hated it. I was homesick. I was, I cried every day. I didn't eat. I was only there for a month. I lost copious amounts of weight. They decided I wasn't ready to be away from home. So they sent me home. My mother tried to enroll me in um, the kindergarten in the element in the school where my sisters went. Right. And that didn't really work because the teachers there didn't know what to do with me. And then I don't know uh, how it happened or, or who told my parents about it or what the deal was. But um, I finally began kindergarten slash first grade. We had one school in our county where all of the disabled students in the county were bused. Oh, my goodness. And we had a resource teacher there. Some listening might know him. His name was Jim Odom, and he eventually taught and and was principal at the Tennessee School for the Blind. He might have done something else there, too. I can't remember because that was Mm -hmm. way after my time. But Mm -hmm. um, we had a wonderful resource room. We spent two hours in there every day, and the rest of the time we were in class. Um, I only had one teacher during first and f- between first and fourth grade who was uh, ugly to me, and um, <laughs> my mother took care of her. So um, <laughs> um, that was the end of her, and I transferred. I'm sure another, the char- charges were dropped eventually. Another though, class right? eventually, yeah, I guess so. She, <laughs> 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 but uh, anyway, uh, then I began to have troubles more trouble seeing i had some vision then so they sent me back <laughs> to tennessee school for the blind to learn braille fifth and sixth mm-hmm. grade years there were difficult but mainly because i was um changing from young from child to young woman you know teenage going through my tween mm-hmm. puberty and i was just confused or whatever in the summer between sixth and seventh grade my mother had a stroke and oh my I was, uh, my sisters were older and they weren't there around much and a lot of extraneous events that aren't relative here, um, domestic dysfunction, BS going on. And, um, I decided it was, I took it upon myself to help mom with her physical therapy. And as summer grew to a close, I began to really stress about what's going to happen with mom. I I don't want to be away from her. And I finally went and just said to my parents, I don't want to leave mom. I want to Mm -hmm. stay here and go to school. And I have to tell you, those two years in my seventh and eighth grade years were glorious. (laughs) I had a wonderful uh, teachers. I joined choir. I um, was accepted into the band because I'd started learning flute in the Tennessee School for the Blind. Fabulous. Went to tour the high school. They did not know what to do with me. They did not want me in their school. They made it evident from the teaching, from the meetings, they didn't want me. And I told my parents, I'm not fighting my way through school. I'm going back to TSB. Right. So, um, but Carla mentioned bullying. I was bullied in um, in uh, School for the Blind. Uh, Interesting. I had... Well, in my case, and I'm not sure how to put this, but there were some girls who just gave me heck 
they picked, they teased unmercifully. And just, uh, I, I would be accepted into groups. And then when I got into the groups, I really wasn't one. And I was just there for, they were, I was their entertainment. And finally, one day out of frustration, I asked one of my friends, I said, what is their deal? And she said, they are jealous of you. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, you're so good at everything. Say, you make them feel uncomfortable. She's a little older than me. And I went, I just threw up my hands and I said, well, that's dumb. Why don't they spend their time learning how to do what I'm doing instead of picking on me? And after that, yep. it just, it made, I didn't care. And yep. um, I did experience one, one girl in the eighth grade when I was in public school who, who bullied me. And uh -huh. she was just, she picked on everybody. So I didn't take it personally. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't care. Uh, but uh, I ended up being leaving school in the, in at the end of my 10th grade year because I'd been sick and I came back to school very behind. I did every, all of the work I was supposed to do. I lacked one credit, just one credit that I could have made up in the summer adventure program, summer school. And right. for reasons unknown to me, they wouldn't pass me. Oh no. And I was mad and a teenager and rebellious. And at that time you could quit at 16. I signed myself out of school. Yep. Fair enough. But so I did, get, did you go ahead? How about summer? Did you love summer? I did. Um, well, I did, uh, after I was, so when I was in the fifth and sixth grade, that summer in between fifth and sixth grade was kind of hard because at that time I had a lot of friends who were at the school for the blind yep. and but i yep. went to the summer adventure program that year or whatever they were calling it back then because i needed to really work on my braille because i was you know learning trying to get caught up to where i should be as a fifth and sixth grader and mm -hmm. so i went to summer school and those were fun days i loved yeah. it and um so that was great but when i was in the seventh and eighth grade I loved summer at home. I had lots of friends. I went running around just like any other uh, tween kid would do. I spent the night at people's houses and had slumber parties. And yeah, nice. So it was a mixed bag for me. Well, that's excellent. All right, thank you so much. We will thank we'll you. maybe talk to you later. Thanks. Thank you, Miss mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Monica. Miss Monica. Yes, sir. We have Jean next. Jean ah, Man. I think this could be a residential person. Okay, you, you're unmuted, Jean. Am I unmuted? Yes, you, you are. are. Okay, great. So I went to public school from kindergarten through eighth grade. Interesting. And, yes, and I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I had lots of friends in the neighborhood. There was, it was a, a kind of a new development and everybody that moved in had kids. So there were like nine or 10 of us girls that were about the same age and there was always somebody to play with. And we formed a club at one point <laughs> and we did, you know, whatever little things, I don't even remember what we did. And, um, I also had lots of cousins and we saw them a lot. Um, and there was, 
one girl, one in my age, and there was a couple, couple years older and one year, you know, there was just a bunch of people to play with. So uh, first grade kindergarten, I went to school, uh, regular public school, my, my brother and me and the, my friend Ellen that lived next door and my brother's friend Rick that lived on the other side, the four of us went together. And then in first grade, I went to um, a school in the city of Buffalo. We were bussed in, you know, because it was uh, one of those schools that had special classes for blind kids so we could learn our Braille and all that stuff. Then second grade, my parents got me into the um, public school in our neighborhood. It was about three blocks away. I still took the bus. But I remember the last week of school, my mother let me walk to school with my friends. And I thought that was just the greatest. So I went through uh, I went through grade school there and then junior high. And the summer between my seventh and eighth grade years, I went to a summer program at the School for the Blind, New York State School for the Blind. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a five-week program. And um, there were like about 18 of us there. And the older girls kind of took me under their wing. And one of the girls that was there was a student and she was working the switchboard. And she started telling me all about the school and all about the things they did, the music festivals that they would travel to other schools and the cheerleading and track and oh, just everything they did. And I saw the library and it was so wonderful because you could just take books off the shelves. Yeah, and, the real ones. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, every, it? yeah. Oh my God, it was wonderful. And so <laughs> she she made me want to go there. Now I have to say, and I've mentioned this before, the relationship with my mother wasn't real good at this time. And in, in public school, um, I didn't have as many friends as I had when I was younger because they were getting into other things. And, you know, gym classes were, oh, basketball and volleyball and all these kind of things that it was hard to take part in. There was swimming, but I hated swimming. So anyway, I came home and I told my parents I wanted to go to the school there. And they said, no, you know, they saw no reason to send me there. So the next summer I was going back for another summer program. And the day before I left, my father said to me, "Um, you're going to have to switch schools in a year anyway, because you're going to have to go from the junior high to the senior high. So we decided we'll let you go to Batavia for a year and see what happens. So the first year was a little, yeah, the first year was a little bit rough because all those kids, most of those kids had been together since they were in kindergarten. And so you were like this new kid coming in. So you had to kind of adjust to them and they had to adjust to you. And there was, you know, probably some bullying, but I don't really remember it. So it didn't impress me that much. And um, anyway, I just kept going back and I, I went there for all of high school. Um, I loved it. I, I loved yep. I loved being able to take part in everything because everything was geared for me, you know, as a blind person. Um, yep. I, I, I loved it. I'm, I was, I've never been sorry that I went there. Now, now did it, you go, go home every weekend or, or no. did you just go home? Yeah. The first year I went home every other weekend. And then after that, we had what we called long weekends. And, it, and yep. they were usually like every every fourth weekend you went home. I could have gone home every weekend. I lived close enough, but I didn't want to. Um, I stayed there. I, all my friends were there. You know, my friends at home were getting like jobs and, you know, doing other things. So I didn't see them yep. that much when I was home. So I had more friends at the school and we had activities on Friday nights. Sometimes we had other things going on the weekend. We were able to go downtown. We were able to go to the movies during the day. You know, we were able to get out and, and, yep. and do things. So um, it was more fun to stay there. It was, and, uh, it, it's interesting because 
nowadays in, in virtually every blind school that I've run across, kids have to go home every weekend, whether yep. they want to or not. Yep. And Well, and I think I, the I, state's budgets I, have been cut and, and yep. the school districts have to pay. So, you know, they're, they're brought in like Sunday nights and they have to go home on Friday because, you know, the school district, that's, that's, they're not going to, you know, that's sounds just like, the way it is. It sounds yeah. like you got more out of, um, sounds like you got more out of being at the school more than you would have from going home. I, I, I won't say, you know, academically that I did better at the school because it was, <laughs> you could always find something to do besides study and your parents weren't there to make you sit down and study. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's um, true. but I did, you know, socially I did. And, um, I think it made me a little more independent. I didn't have a lot of clothes, so I did my own laundry all through high school. Um, nice. I took home ec and I wasn't afraid to make mistakes and screw things up. I was afraid to do that at home, you know, that my mother would yell at me, you know, right. uh, that kind of thing. So it was, I just, I learned more by going away to school. And nice. I, 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 um, oh, there goes my phone. I hope you guys can't hear it. Um, we can't. Good. Um, it's my brother. I'll call him back. Um, yep. Anyway, um, I I I did hear horror stories from from some of the the kids about the house parents they had when they were little, and I think I think a lot of times the schools in those days. Well, for one thing, discipline was a lot different in those days than it is today, and yeah. um, a lot of the people that were hired were people that had worked in orphanages and. Um, I know we had one house father who'd been a prison guard, you know, so the kind of people they hired to take care of these kids were different than they are today. And also, I don't know about the other schools, but we had like one house parent on the floor for like 40 something kids. So they had a lot of kids they had to take care of. They did. Yeah. <coughs> and and I, I can remember one girl telling, uh, telling me that her mother took her aside and said to her, look at, you know, you've got to realize that, they have all these kids to take care of. So you really need to try to do what they tell you to do, you know? So, yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm curious Excellent. about something, Jean, what, and Mr. I'll Brian. be asking others also to, to chime in on this. How many friends did you carry forward through your adult life from your high school years? Well, it's really interesting because I don't keep in touch with any of them on a regular basis, but, um, well, the, at first I did. Um, when I graduated, I, my, my friends, we wrote all back and forth all the time for about a year or two. And then we, we kind of lost touch, most of us. But when we, when we get together at our alumni reunions, we just kind of pick up where we left off. And the people I was um, closest to in high school are still the ones that I look for, you know, at reunions. And occasionally one of us will call the other one, but we don't, we don't really, everybody's kind of spread out all over the place and we really don't stay in touch that much. I got well, an I, email yesterday from a name I don't remember who says that uh, we're having our 50th high school reunion uh, and they've lost uh, contact with me, which I find difficult to do because you can just go on the internet and find almost anybody. These yeah, days. yeah. But anyway, they they eventually found me through my employer. Uh, and I said to myself, you know, I have retained not a soul from my high school days mm. as a friend. Well, quite honestly, past uh, my sophomore year in college, nobody prior to that time 
remain part of my life. I'm just curious whether that was typical for people. That's actually well, I, true with with me too. I don't know. I I don't. I'm not in touch with any of the kids that I went to school with, and and it's a shame, sort of, because um, there were there were some of them a that I was very close to, and b who were really really very nice to me. So. Well, I know um, where everybody, there were 17 of us in my class, and I know where everybody is except for one person. That's you know, pretty some, amazing. Somebody team. knows. Somebody knows. I've, I've, seen, I've seen many of them since I graduated at some point or other or yeah. talked to them. But And I know where everybody is except there's one person. We don't know where she is. That seems to be more common with um, residential schools. I, I, I don't think well, regular high schools tend to have reunions except in kind of major times like like 50-year anniversaries, Mr. Brian. But you figure in yep. high school, when you went to residential schools, as somebody put it one day, you know, we were closer to some of these kids than we were our own brothers and sisters because we lived together, you know. Yep. And you, you learned to get exactly. along with people because you had to room with them, you had to eat with them, you had to go to class mm -hmm. with them. You know, you were you were around each other 24-7 um, during the school year, except for the weekends you went home and the holidays. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Jean, thank you so much for your call. We will we will perhaps catch up with you when we start talking about our other topic later. Okay. As far as summers, I'll just be quick. Um, yep. Most of them were good. Um, they had their moments, but, you know, like I said, there were lots of kids in the neighborhood, and my grandfather had a, a house on the lake, so we spent a lot of time there. And um, my parents saw to it that I went to camp every summer yep. for, you know, so my summers were pretty good. Yeah. that's so, that, that, that is excellent. Yep. 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 Thank All you, right. dear. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye. And Miss Monica. Yes. Uh, we have Kathy next. Kathy Black. Kathy. A Texan. Okay. I sent you an ask to unmute. Yeah. Can you hear me? Hey, Kathy. Um, okay. I, was, I like summers when I was. Yep. I don't remember it being anything like as hot as it is now. Mm -hmm. I think I think maybe when I was in junior high or high school, we finally had hundred degrees days occasionally, but they were occasionally not long stretches like we've had this year and last year. Uh, but uh, I, I like summer. Um, I did when I was attending a school for the blind from first through sixth grade. I was not really happy to return to school. I knew I was supposed to be, but I was not not happy to go back to school. Um, so you you enjoyed mainstreaming a lot more, Miss Kathy? Yeah. <laughs> For a lot of the same reasons that everybody gave, I, I had different, you know, friends in the, in the community from Sunday school or Girl Scouts or uh -huh. that I did outside of the school for the blind. So there was that, and the the, the subjects were a lot more challenging. Uh, yeah, I think that that's interesting too. Um, so you you think that you think that school was harder once you get to mainstreaming, huh? Yes, but I was but I but I liked that. The only only time I had trouble 
there were two teachers I had trouble with in high school. One was mm-hmm. a teacher who didn't want me in her class, and fortunately the uh, resource teacher and maybe even the principal, I'm not sure, uh, got behind getting me transferred. And, nice. Uh, and then there was a civics teacher who just gave me gave me C's on my test and my resource teacher knew I was not doing C work. And uh, we got Physics, physics is pretty hard anyway. So, and pretty good. You probably couldn't take physics at a school for the blind very often. Um, it was civics, not physics. But. Oh, c- civics. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting old and deaf. Well, <laughs> I would have, I would have, I would have considered taking physics, but um, I, I wouldn't have wanted to have have the teacher that. That was the only one that taught that gotcha. subject. He had a reputation. Yeah. I want to tangle with him. Very good. Miss Kathy, thank you a lot for sharing. Next, we have Nora. Miss Nora, there you go. Hello. Hello, Miss Nora. Hi. Yeah, I like my family, but I can get to. So I just finished drinking. Uh, went to it. I don't know if I'm because I was enjoying <clears throat> somewhere because of the, you know, being with my family. But I really like going back to school. And when I was little, I went to <clears throat> school in special ed. Even though I was in a public school, but I was in special ed when I was like in, here in Phoenix, mm-hmm. Arizona. And then I was mainstream into fifth or six from special like eighth grade down into the regular sixth grade and then I was fully mainstream when I went to seventh and eighth grade and all through high school, but when I went to went to from my junior and senior years in high school I went to I was on the state school for the deaf for the deaf and the blind. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like it, I'm just, just not crying, but I like it better for a lot of things that were not quite right the way the way schools run. And PE wasn't 100% because I had a teacher was kind of strange, one or two of them. But anyway, nobody bored uh-huh. me or anything like that, so I'm going quite a bit. <laughs> and I used to, the first couple of weeks in the school, I think I... Had to stay there for maybe one or two weekends or something, which we, and then one other weekend, I wanted to stay there because I was, went to a prom on the Saturday, Friday or Saturday night, and that was, that was interesting. <laughs> so that was my decision to stay there that one weekend, and then I went all the other times. I went home every other Friday and went back to school every, I mean, every Friday. I went home and went back to school every Sunday, pretty much. The rest of it. Well, so excellent. Like, How yep. about summers? Did you like those? Yeah, I liked the summers because I was 
with family and and uh, going to the beach or going swimming here in Arizona particularly and going camping. I have gone to camps with a with a handicap during the summers. <laughs> Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And I yeah, and I still Miss- have a couple of, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. And I have a couple of friends I still know from one of them passed away about a couple of years ago and I still have another one from that school for the deaf and the blind. And another friend we uh, I see on Facebook. Well, that's excellent. And so you've been able to keep in touch with them. That's excellent. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I didn't do well with mine. Yep. No. Thank I you can't... so much, Miss Nora. Thank you much, and you're welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellent. Miss Monica, we got some more from. Yes, we have Donna Browning. Then following Donna will be Teresa. Nice. Well, hello. Hello, Miss hey, Donna Browning. Donna. So, when I was youngest, I went to a church kindergarten, um, and I went to public school in the first grade until half the year was over. Um, Mm -hmm. I do remember the kids helping me, and I remember walking Blackboard, but I honestly did not know that there was something different about me. I had no idea. didn't, you know, I knew there were some things I couldn't do, but I thought that was normal. I didn't know there was something different. Because I'd never been around other children who were visually impaired. I just knew that I couldn't do those things. And I thought it was normal. I, thought, I just thought it was something I couldn't do, you know. And um, I didn't question it. And then um, the middle of the year, we, um, they took me to the blind school. They did take me to visit. I didn't understand, though. I didn't get, mm-hmm. you know. And it wasn't real. It was not really majorly explained to me. And then I went right. back. Day and I'll never forget when they left me. It was very traumatizing. Um, and then um, I did go home. Even I didn't get to go home right away because the uh, school told my parents, "Don't let her come home right away. It's better for her." Well, my parent, you know, uh, they they so my parents listened, which was stupid. Anyhow, mm-hmm. um, and I knew I had a godmother in the area, and I so wanted to get in touch with her, but I couldn't. Well, my parents had prevented her from getting in touch with me. And so time went on and our school became ungraded and it happened about the year I was in fifth grade. Uh, my parents were scared of letting me go to um, public school and I begged, I begged to go to public school and I kept begging and I went through a year where I begged and I was so homesick. I made them come get me a lot. And then um, I felt like I got really upset with them because I felt like they weren't listening to me. So then I didn't want to go home at all. And um, gotcha. they didn't understand. And so finally they asked and I said, I, fe- I felt like you didn't listen to me. And um, when I finally did get to, so in the, the school I was, uh, the way it worked, you either, um, when they made it ungraded, um, you either left when you were 16 or doing eighth grade work. Well, uh-huh. I, I got to the eighth grade point. My parents didn't want to let me leave. And they made me stay till I was 16. It was ridiculous. I did eighth grade work, blah, blah, years. No oh, wonder I was such a problem child. I did cause problems because I was bored. And yep. um, so <laughs> eventually I did go. Um, they did let me, you know, they had to do something. Um, and I told them, I said, I know you've got to let me go somewhere the following year. And I said, I will not go to the other blind school. I said, I promise you, you send me there. 
um, I will be expelled before you leave the city. <laughs> and and, and my, dad, my dad's like, I think we better listen. He says, I think she's telling the truth and I believe her. And um, yep. I did not like the blind school a whole lot. I didn't have a lot of friends. I had a few friends. I didn't like it because yep. I didn't like being away from my family. I did like that some things were, you know, um, made easier for us. But, um, the yeah, when I did go to public school, I found out that the education was back. It I was behind, way behind. I had a lot of catch-up work yep. to do. Yep. And, um, yeah, so I, you know, went on. And in the fir my first year, I got an award for the most improved in English. Nice. Uh, and it was in the, in the school play. I did graduate mm -hmm. from high school. I, I'm so glad my parents did that. Be let me finally go because I think it helped me become the person I am. I don't think I would be as independent or capable if I had stayed in that blind school. Plus, there were things that happened that happened in that school that no child should ever see. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yep. Yeah, and do, um, do I, had, I had a teacher that realized that fourth grade I couldn't read, and she took care of that. Boom. And, um, yeah, so, but high school was great. Uh, yes, I got bullied, but I got bullied at the blind school. I had a kid, a kid beat me up right in front of the house parents. And nobody did anything. So, Gosh. yeah. So, um, uh, luckily I did find my godmother when I became a teenager and my parents had let me see her, but I loved going to high school. It, I loved being mainstream. It was a little, mm -hmm. you know, I did not have a special room when I hear all these people saying how they had these rooms. I needed that they came and once a year they came and tested me if I was on grade what they called grade point it was fine and I of course yep. I always was but I said how can yep. I be on grade point when I'm struggling with this and so I would question it but no yep. I, I still think it was the best thing that ha ever happened to me because I had to learn how to be in the real world and how to deal with it and yep. people in it and that's what helped me uh, do better with I did better in college than I did high school so yeah and yeah. i love summers especially when i was going to the blind school but i got to go to camps but i got to be at home you know of course i loved nice yeah and as far as no. yes i i I, huh, I i do have one i do have somebody that i have uh, has kept in touch with me and i've kept in touch with them sort of um and um i know of one other person that have lost touch with her up until right before the pandemic we were keeping in touch and then she moved and i don't know where she's at now i wish i did i'm i miss uh -huh. her she was my old roommate so when my husband had a car we used to drive down and take her out and everything to you know go to richmond take nice. her out so yeah so you know yeah so there's good bad and ugly about it all yep. and that's the thing and i there's no great fix i don't think for any of it um but i i think i think a lot depends on the child's personality to what they adjust to best. Um, do you think? Yeah. Do you think you had trouble at the school for the blind because people thought you could see too much? Yes, I think they yeah. took my vision for granted, and it has changed since. I wish they taught me braille. My roommate did teach me grade one braille um, uh -huh. because I asked her. I says, "You know, how are we going to write?" And so I managed somehow to get a, a braille writer. I don't remember how I did that. Uh, and we nice. were and we were able to write letters in the summer to each other, and because we wanted our mail to be private, you know, not that we had anything outrageous to talk about, but we felt like our 
our males should be just as private as anybody else's. And, and we did that. And then, but it also gave me opportunity to have other pen pals sometimes, you know, so just yep. take, I could do. So it, it would, I would just apologize to him and say, I'm sorry. It's, it's grade one. That's all I know. And um, yeah, I was really grateful for that. And I even had a friend in the deaf department. I would sneak her to my door nice. to see my friend in the deaf department. I would, yep. I would, I literally, and she taught me a little bit of sign, you know, a little bit of sign and help. And she would, she knew I couldn't read hers. So she found a way to communicate with me. You know, she just did it slow enough and close enough, you know, and she, she tried, she tried to stop the kid. Some of the deaf kids picked on us. She tried to stop that. Um, yep. Yeah. So, you know, but so there's some experiences that were good to experience there. But I do uh -huh. believe that kids who have vision um, are not given enough opportunity to learn some things they really may need later and usually do need later. And and that's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I, I, I truly believe in mainstreaming, especially if the kids are given the things they need. I think it's the best thing ever. Excellent. Miss Donna, thank you so much. You're welcome. We'll talk to you later. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yep. Miss Monica. We have Teresa followed by Jane T. Teresa is probably from okay. Jacksonville. Arkansas. Arkansas. Yep. <laughs> Jacksonville, Arkansas. Exactly. There you go. Um, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> I hope I don't do too much of that. Um, okay. I went to um, residential schools all 13 years. Mm -hmm. Um, now very, bef right before the, I went to kindergarten, I went to, my grandmother came and got me, took me back to Kansas city with her and that's where she lived. And she took me to this preschool type program. And I don't, I guess everybody else has some vision problems. I don't know. Nobody said anything about being blind or there was no braille or nobody's using a cane or anything. Right. But, you know, we did all kinds of fun things. I even finger painted at this, uh, in these classes. Um, but I didn't get to finish out the whole year and I was unhappy. My grandma said I had to go home and she took me home on a Saturday morning. <clears throat> of course, my sister was glad to see me. She was like a year and four months older than me. And so she was glad to see me back home. Um, but now when I was in kindergarten, I went to the school in Indiana, in Indianapolis, and my uh -huh. parents loved that school um, because there was, you know, big interaction between the parents and the, um, and the staff at the school. And um, the staff encouraged the parents to get involved and to know what their children were doing. And they would send out a newsletter um, to the parents of that particular class. So my parents weren't reading a newsletter based on somebody that was in another grade that I might not have known, but it was the um, kids in, you know, in my class. <clears throat> in the summer of 67, we had to move to Virginia. My dad got a job, you know, kind of a contract uh -huh. job at UVA. And so um, I was there for three years in the school in, in Virginia where Donna was. Uh -huh. and 
I think it was my second night. I remember sitting up in bed crying, saying, I want to go back to Indianapolis. <laughs> I don't think anybody I hear heard that. me, but I wanted to go back to Indianapolis. Because, <laughs> you know, the the girls and the boys, even when we were little, we got to play together We in, in Indiana. We got, you know, we stayed in the same building. And right. then we ate in the same dining room. And then after supper, sometimes we'd go over to their playroom and play, or they'd come over to our playroom and play. And then when it was nice out, we, you know, we all were outside on the same playground playing, uh-huh. you know, so there was no segregation of the sexes. Um, and, and, um, but there, there, was, but there was in Virginia, huh? There was in Virginia. Um, we did not That's play interesting. with the boys. That was very I, interesting and, and dumb, too, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> it is pretty different. It is um, pretty different. There, I, was a, there was a house I, mother and... Go yep. ahead. Go ahead. No, there's a house mother. Go ahead. Uh, that um used to, if you um did something wrong, you had to stand on in the hall. But here's the weird part: you had to stand in the hall on one foot. And so well, that's I, awful. Yeah, I guess you had to lean up against the wall to get your keep your balance because it would have been hard to do that. You know, standing away from the wall. And I remember her calling some girl out because she didn't. She had both feet down on the floor, and I remember her saying, one foot, Debbie. I'm like, oh, really? I thought to myself, really now? You know, like it made a big difference. I think they stopped that one foot thing. Um, I'm hoping so. But um, but like Donna said, they didn't want you to go home right away your, um, when you first got there. But, oh, my father fought them. Um <laughs> I, I thought he was out of town when it when my mom took me, but I guess she made a phone call because I remember her disappearing, and then all of a sudden I remember my sister saying they were going back home, and of course I said bye to them. I found out le- years later that apparently my dad said we'll be there on Friday. <laughs> and they could, what nice. could they say to that? What could they say to that? We'll be there on Friday. Um. Yes, there was some bullying in that school, and I think um, sometimes the some kids were allowed to be bullied by uh, you know by other kids, and the staff didn't do much to stop them. When oh, I that's got a to, shame. Yeah, and then in 1970, um, my father's the contract where he was um, in UVA, um, it was supposed to have been for six years. It turned it out. It turned out it was only for three. So. He looked for uh, another job, and he got um, um, hired on at the at uh, what's now Shepherd University. It was Shepherd College back then, and um, my um, it kind of worked out um, for everybody else in the family too. Um, My brother couldn't start school when he was five years old because his birthday was only twelve days after the cutoff. It was October. Oh no! Yeah. my sister's Catholic school was closing down. And then um, it was so obviously they had to find somewhere for me to go to school. My brother and my older sister went to the local elementary school in Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Um, my baby sister was only one. So, you know, school wasn't an right. issue for her yet. Um, and they, um, the um, lady that was showing us the house um, that they were going to be moving out of, she um, told my dad about Romney and my mother, um, before we even left Charlottesville, she wrote a letter to the school in Romney 
and she got a letter back even before we moved. And, That's excellent. And um, she and read the school schedule to me and everything, and she even read me the mm -hmm. letter she wrote. Go ahead. You were going to say something? And, and you, liked, you liked the West Virginia school? Um, yeah, for the most part, you know, there was um, there were some things sometimes I didn't like. There was some bullying there, too. But, you know, they didn't care that I got to go home every other two, you know, every two weeks. The staff was okay with that. Um, in fact, nice. uh, in May of 1971, my father got invited to go to a conference in Montreal. And I remember it was right after Easter. My um, mother was bringing me back, and she asked the um, house mother where was the principal, um, how could she get in touch with him. And so uh, the house mother pointed out the window how close he lived to the campus. And so we drove over there, and my mother met with him outside, and we stayed in the car. And we, um, and she got back, and she said, yes, you can, you can come with us to Canada. Um, how we, cool is know, that? They made it a family trip. Now my fourth grade teacher wasn't so thrilled, but oh well, she got <laughs> she got over it because my dad assured every you know all of us that we would, including me, take our school books and mm -hmm. we would do our keep up with our work while we were gone, and that meant Absolutely. I had to, one thing that I had trouble with in um, when I first got to Romney is I had been started out on a braille writer. Uh -huh. and so I didn't. I was not good at all with the slate. I had to learn how to get good because that's uh -huh. how I had to do my um, lessons while I was on that trip to Canada. I hear so, that, Miss um, Teresa. Thank you for your call, yeah. dear one. Yes, we appreciate you're welcome. it. Uh -huh. Thank. And I was going to say, the summer. I think uh -huh. my first summer in West Virginia in 1971 was the hardest. Because you know we just moved in. Um, you didn't know to the anybody. House right before, right, right before I went to Romney, uh -huh. so I never really got to know the neighborhood. And then um, my sister wanted to play with her friends. My brother played with his friends. A lot of times I was um, left sitting with my younger sister out on the swings because you know that was something uh -huh. I could do. And um, yep. <laughs> I never got to make many friends in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's not much fun. Miss Teresa, no, thank you. Yep. You're welcome. Miss mm -hmm. Monica. Yes, right now, Paul, there are no hands left at the Very side. good. <clears throat> so, Miss um, Miss Monica and um, and Miss um, North Carolina, we've heard we've heard some stuff. Did it make you think of anything that you might like to add for a second? Before we move on to, I've got a couple of questions for Brian. Oh, for but, me, uh, I, I'm, yeah. my heart is sad to hear that there's, there is so much bullying that, that happened. Me too. It, it made me feel very grateful for the way my parents took care of me and wanted to make sure I went to good, good schools. Yep. I, yep, I, really, I get that. I'm going to call my mom tomorrow and talk to her, but you know, just how grateful. Boy, I am. Um, and as far as the friends situation, I have one childhood friend that I've known since I was seven, and we still stay in touch. And I have some high school friends that I talk to. That's great. Just a couple of college friends. But I, I think a lot uh -huh. of it is um, I'm not on Facebook, so I'm sure they all are. 
So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so, I'm, I'm on Facebook, but I don't use it. Um, but that's all I wanted to say. Great. Yeah. Talk and how about you, Miss North Carolina? Do you keep in touch with your school friends? <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I have one or two that um, I correspond with on Facebook. <laughs> it's about nice. where you're going to find them. Um, but yeah, but generally, uh, no, most of my high school friends, um, we don't really talk regularly anymore. Uh, Everyone has their own lives and doing their own things. And um, one other thing I will add, I will just echo what Monica said, uh, just listening mm -hmm. to folks share about bullying in school. And, you know, I, I was pretty fortunate. Uh, and it oh, it's really sad to hear, even, you know, especially in the residential schools like that. Um, uh, other, you know, scary, your peers are just just horrible um mm -hmm. yeah it just breaks my heart so, i do have another Mr. hands uh very good miss monica take it. yeah we, we can take it oh, now okay we'll go to deanne hart hello and i am another hand can you hear me now yes <laughs> yes okay yeah this is deanne hart and i'm actually from indiana and I was glad to hear that uh, the one gal said that she had attended the school for the blind and had um, here in Indiana and had a good experience. I know over the years things have changed at the schools for the blind. Um, hearing the, them talking about how in some schools they were still divided as far as male and female activities clear into the 60s. Here in Indiana in the 40s and 50s it was still that way. However, by the 60s, they did start to integrate them into doing more activities together, being able to walk down the same stairway and up and down the same stairway, um, up and down the same hallways and um, attend uh, the same classes and eat in the same dining rooms. Um, most of the time, as I understand, in the 40s and 50s, they would go off campus so they could be together. <laughs> But um, Indiana, I think, has um, has been a leader in, um, in in the education of the School for the Blinds. Um, I was fortunate that uh, my parents were able to be involved with the preschool program that introduced my family to the school, and I got to know my classmates that I um, started attending K through twelve um, school there. Um, I got to meet them during preschool um, conferences uh, when I was two, three, four, and five. Uh -huh. and so I was familiar with my kindergarten classmates when I started attending there in 1969 um, and that. Um, throughout the years, it, I didn't go to public school. However, my brother is 18 months older than me. And um, because I went to school, to the School for the Blind, he felt like he had lost his playmate. And so he flunked first grade in public school. Oh, and no. So, um, so by the time I got, you know, so we were actually in the same grade for a while. And mm -hmm. so on, when I was on spring and fall break, I would go to his classes in public school with him. And oftentimes I found like found that we were right on target with what they were studying in public school. That's pretty cool to find to be able to check that out. 
Yeah. yeah. And as a matter of fact, the teacher would even call on me. And um, typically what would have happened is maybe in the fall, I would have taken um, the class that my brother was taking in the spring. And so uh-huh. here in spring, at spring break, he, she would call on me and I'd raise my hand and answer the question. And that where some of the kids hadn't even read the subject and didn't know the answers. <laughs> well, that's, but, a, that's excellent. So it was fun. <clears throat> um, I didn't realize that I was different than my neighborhood friends um, until I was in second grade. Right. And, that, and it became obvious to me then, mainly because during the summer between my first and second grade year, my um, neighborhood friends were saying they wanted to go to the school I was going to because I always had so much more fun than they did in public school. <laughs> I think there's a lot of blind people who would say that. Um, yeah. Now, did you did you guys go home every weekend, or or did you did you stay at at the school for the blind a lot of time? When I was younger, I did go. I lived about 55 miles away from the school, and mm-hmm. so I went home on I went home on Fridays, and came back on Monday mornings. Nice. Um, and uh, in that now. There were people that lived half that distance that were resi- or were day students, but uh-huh. um, so we had a mixture of of residential and day students at the time. And at that time, in the sixties, um, not every public school had resource rooms or had itinerant teachers. Oh, I think and that's right. We didn't have the supports to have us in public school. And so our parents didn't necessarily always have a choice as to whether to send us to public right. school or to send us to the school for the blind. Um, it wasn't until 73, 74 that my parents and um, a, somebody else that lived in the same community were getting paid gas money to take us to the school for the blind. So I was already in uh, you know, fifth grade before... Uh, my parents really had an option to make a choice as to whether I went. That's to excellent. And did 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 you look forward to going back to school every fall? Um, actually, yes, I did. I mean, I cried on uh, when I was in kindergarten, first and second grade. I would cry on on Monday morning or on Sunday afternoon when I would be dropped off at school. But within yep. a couple hours, I was back at home. It was like, and, and yep. what I found, what I found, um, is it was more like an extended family for me. It wasn't, uh, and that, and yes, there was bullying there and clickishness that went on. Yep. But the thing is, is that happens in families. That happens in the neighborhood too. Yeah. And so I didn't find it uh, to be unusual. Um, and that, um, but the other thing I had heard over, I've heard over the years, and I am in still in touch with many of my high school friends, and nice. um, people that I was in the dorm with, and people that I was in class with, is that there was somewhat of a hierarchy of education, right? And the better your vision was, it seemed like the better your education was, or the higher your grades were. The, high, the more attention you got, or if you were in athletics, you got more attention than if you didn't participate in any extracurricular activities. 
And those are the things that I hear. Um, I actually was an athlete. I, w I was a media, I was a C student. I wasn't necessarily on the honor roll. Nice. But I was fourth in my class as far as GPA. Excellent. Um, as I've gotten older, I found out that I was more popular at school than I thought I was. Um, <laughs> and that yeah, I think I think I we sometimes get a get a bad impression of how of, of how we think people think about us in school, and then we find out later that that we are actually probably were doing better than we thought we were. So I right. think that's right. I yep. was more of a follower than I was a leader. However, I did take uh -huh. on some leadership positions. Um, I was captain of the track team and I was, um, you know, I was thought of well of on swim team. Um, I, like I said, I went home almost every weekend up until I was in fifth grade. And then That's I got excellent. involved in ath athletics. And so mm -hmm. in the fall and in the spring, typically the la uh, about for about eight to 12 weeks, no, I didn't go home. Nice. Ms. Deanne, thank you so much for your call. You're welcome. Have a great day. That's excellent. Yep. So, Mr. Bryan, uh, and, any thoughts? Any any surprises? Oh, seem to have lost him. Let's see. Oh, well. I can, we can go to another hand if you'd like. We can. That's fine. Okay. We'll go to Doc. Hey, Doc. What's up? Now, see, that's awful. I should never do that. No, he might have heard that before. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he probably okay. has. But I... he's probably saying, oh, no, can't he be a little more original than that? I mean, what's up, Doc? Come on. I've sent you the prompt, <clears throat> Doc, to unmute. Okay. Hey, hey Doc. Well, my story is totally different than what I've heard over this past, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. um, I have RP. So when I started the school, I was, as far as anybody was concerned, had full vision. Mm -hmm. But I did start with a handicap and didn't realize it at the time. The handicap was we lived a half mile outside of the city limits, which meant that I should have gone to the country school, which was a mile away. And the city school was only a half mile away. And my mother was a teacher. So she got dispensation so I could go to the city school. Nice. So when I went <clears throat> to school, I skipped kindergarten and started right in the first grade. But I was kindergarten age, so I was the youngest kid in the class. Didn't make much difference until a little bit later on. When, you know, you begin to associate just a little bit with girls, you know, there's a yes. certain time that they're not tolerable at all. Exactly. But, <laughs> but it, back, uh, this would have been in the late 
30s, early 40s, BYT, which stands before your time, uh, it was. People, you just didn't go out with a girl that was older. And you also didn't go out with girls that were in a lower grade. And so you just didn't mix much with them. But I I like to play marbles, so that was okay. School was, you know, it was just a kind of a meeting place, a social endeavor for me. I didn't pay too much attention to it. A lot of things came easy for me. Mm-hmm. And I sort of just breezed through and slipped through maybe. Went to mm-hmm. junior high. And this was a different thing where you had homerooms and you moved around. That was right. a little bit for me. And every year we had a different homeroom teacher. And when I was in the ninth grade, which was the high, you know, in junior high. Yep. I was in my mother's homeroom. Oh, my goodness. And this created a little problem because I didn't know what I wanted to talk to her. Do I say mom or do I say Mrs. U. Daly? What do I do? So I would just stand there until she'd recognize me. <laughs> and then I'd ask my question. So that was a little bit unsettling. When I went to high school, I could not stand it. Oh, man, I... I did not like school at all. Uh-huh. So I uh, I ditched quite a bit, of, quite a few classes, uh-huh. drifted through, and, and I, you know, I always did all right. But after my sophomore year, I thought, you know, I'm going to go to a technical high school because I like to do things with my hands. Excellent. And so I took. Uh, the test and went to Fresno Tech and I uh, I had things like uh, in the morning I'd have band physics PE and in the afternoon, all afternoon I'd have uh, either machine shop or auto shop very strenuous academic program as you can see but Excellent. I didn't even care a whole lot for that, and I ditched a lot of that. But I got through it and graduated and drifted on. And then after that, I ended up having, oh, altogether over 50 probably uh, first days of school. Wow. Because I eventually became a a teacher, and went to school myself. And when I went to college, the first semester, I was on the dean's list. And I I said, you know, that's not me. You know, I was thinking back to (laughs) high school. (laughs) Right. That's not me. What's going on here, you know? The second Uh semester, I was on the dean's list again. I said, well, you know, maybe, you know, there's something to it. One of the differences mm-hmm. was I knew what I wanted. Yep. And I went for it. 
So I worked very hard, and I was married, and we had two children and one in escrow when I started college. Whoa. And I'd had a couple of years in the military. Yep. And worked in the real world, so I knew Mm -hmm. what that was about. And so I ended up uh, on the dean's list for all eight semesters in my undergraduate work and graduated magna cum laude. Nice. And and then went to school, which was back. By the time... By the time that you got to the end of high school, were you starting to have vision problems or, or were you still pretty okay? Uh, as far as I knew, I was pretty okay. Mm-hmm. But I did, uh, let's see, I graduated in 1949. Mm-hmm. And then I started teaching in, in uh, I think, 60 or 61. That's excellent. And in 70, 1970, I was legally blind. Yeah. But it was based on my field of vision, not acuity. I had good acuity. In fact, yeah, I was excellent. still riding motorcycles. And during <laughs> the 70s, we went, you know, most of the 48 states and all the provinces of Canada and Oh, that's summer on a motorcycle. Yep. But I yep. love teaching, and I can remember thinking many a time, I can't believe this. I'm having so much fun, and I'm getting paid to do mm-hmm. this. What did you teach? Um, I was teaching at that time sixth grade. Nice. Excellent. And about the last three years... I was remembering what a trouble I had in transitioning from sixth grade where I had one teacher all day long to having a lot of teachers. Yep. So I got together with the other teachers and I proposed that we do a departmentalized sixth grade. What a cool idea. Yeah. And that way, um, you'd have a, a homeroom teacher where you did spelling, that sort of thing. And then, you know, one teacher would teach all the reading. I taught all the math, another one all the uh-huh. social studies, another one all the language arts and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, and that enabled us for during the PE that... Uh, we didn't need everybody out there, so we rotated that time to give every teacher some prep time, which you didn't Excellent. get in elementary school. Excellent. And I, so I understand. at the end of the year, I'd ask kids to, you know, just before graduation to write and let us know what they thought about the departmentalized uh-huh. sixth grade and and we felt like it was a resounding success and that they really they loved did it. well yep yeah Excellent. because they had this ability of uh, teachers that they knew in the in the you know kind of the 
the home base of a of a permanent teacher uh-huh. and all that sort of thing. So they uh, and they moved as a class. So the ho- whole class moved together. And at That's that excellent. time, so I, uh, they got I was getting a chance to learn how to do that. Yep. I was getting mm-hmm. interested in individualized instruction. Yes. So the reading teacher said, well, I really need to have them grouped according to their reading ability. I said, that's uh-huh. fine with me. I could care less where they are. Yep. So I had sixth grade students at one time. They were still working on basic math skills. Clear back, some of them were still having trouble with the yep. addition of whole numbers. Yep. Others were doing monomials. Yep. In algebra. Wow. Yep. And we were doing uh, a little bit of uh, surveying and, and using the Pythagorean theorem. Excellent. Where they would go out and, and lay yep. out a 30 foot by 40 foot leg uh, triangle, triangle and measure yep. the hypotenuse. And then mm-hmm. I had a computer program written so that they could put their measurements in there and then it Excellent. would tell them what it should have been. Yep. It was just uh, very it much. was just so much fun. Yep. Yep. Thank you very much for your call. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. It's excellent. You're welcome. Do we have anyone else, Miss Monica? We do not. Very good. <clears throat> so Mr. Brian, any thoughts that, that have come up for you about uh, what we've been talking about so far? You know, the, the yep. whole idea of um, what call it, pedagogy, yes. know, the, the way we're taught to think. I, I went to a liberal arts college, and I did that intentionally because I wanted to learn more about how to learn than memorizing things in general. And it, I think lack of vision does impact that you know one less modality to to pump information in right uh, i i think that generally speaking um well i'm going to say one other thing think internationally well we haven't had anybody on this evening uh whose education was primarily uh European or or whatever you had the a bit of the Canadian, right? No, and and, and and a lot of and a lot of the the, the British in in the Caribbean, because remember right, I went the there Caribbean. when I was thirteen. No. Um, and, and and you also and had the, some U.S. of A. And right? How would you say the difference was? Uh, I, yes, the blindness was there, but also there was just a different way of teaching, different expectations. Learning wise, academically, academically, and academically, Canada and the U.S. are pretty similar. Um, But I think that uh, in the Caribbean, there were there were much higher expectations in terms of um, of what you were expected to be able to do, particularly in in high school. Um, Now, did they have, if you will, flights? You know, this was the uh, the high end kids, and they studied together and the middle skill kids studied together and then there were the slow ones studying no, that in, kind of thing in in high school you were you were all aiming for the same thing 
um, is very different because in in the Caribbean, there there really was a an educational system that was stratified because everybody took an exam when they were eleven, mm-hmm. and when you took that exam when you were eleven, if you quote passed the exam, that is, you got a high enough grade you qualified for high school. If you didn't, you went to what was essentially a continuation of elementary school that went on for another three or four years, but it wasn't really high school. So a a lot of kids in the Caribbean actually never went to traditional high school unless they, unless they actually passed what was called the 11 plus exam. And this is the same, the same way that education was handled in the UK as well. But it gave yeah, a lot I, of advantages to people who were who were were part of 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 kind of the middle class or 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 higher, where people could afford to provide them with more instruction than kids who didn't have a lot of money could get. Right. Um, yeah. Again, this is another thing that's so different these days. We did not have a situation where we got a lot of tutoring. Uh, outside of the class, regular right. class stuff, and that's that's a much more European. Uh, it is, oh, and yeah. absolutely Japanese. Yeah, very much that. Uh, much more schooling was add on to the standard stuff, uh, and it created the more other, of a class the other, society in that regard. The other big difference, I think, and, and this this I think is a generalization between, say, American and European education. The big difference is that after you finish the 11 plus test, when you get into real high school, most of your work is done writing essays, not doing multiple choice questions. And yeah. so you you have to learn how to how to think more um, more generally and 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 I, I think really um, you have to you have to learn how to be able to produce uh, a finished product much more quickly than than you have to and than, than you had to in the US I mean really kids didn't have a lot of writing to do until they got into high school in in this country for a lot of the time oh yeah Absolutely. So Again, it, that it liberal arts approach toward things, learn how to learn and how to think something through more right. than, you know, not just passing the test, but uh, one, one of the classes less that I taught, uh, one of the classes that I taught um, was what's called general studies. It was everybody who went on to what was called a level, which is, which is really a post high school two year educational system that operated in the UK really as a preparation for advanced university work um, was, was essentially a, a, a two year period where, where you, you had to end up writing just one essay in an hour and you maybe had five or six choices in terms of what the essay was supposed to be about, but it could be about anything. It could be, you know, uh, discuss the impact of um, of um, communism 
on the development of democracy in the West. I mean, they were they were they were pretty majorly complex kind of um, essay topics, and you had to sit down and within that hour you had to write you had to write this essay. But but it was it was great fun to teach it because you got an opportunity to explore um, not only not only interesting subjects and topics, but but also to to try to inculcate into kids how how are you able to make an appropriate argument in a relatively short time um, that supports or rejects a particular point of view. So, uh, well, it, and I always thought that one of the best things about my high school education was debate uh -huh. team. Same mm -hmm. reason. Yes. You yes. had to learn how to argue both sides of a fairly complex issue uh, and be articulate about it, you know, not just verbally articulate, but be able to think on your feet. And uh, it, it was oh, a, no question. a huge difference in how I experienced my education yeah. than, you know, those kids who were, might be really good at some other topic. Right. And it proved me, proved valuable to me the rest of my life. Oh, I think that's right. Miss Monica, I think we have another hand up. Yes, we do. We have Jean Mann. Jean is oh, back. We'll let Jean talk again. Hey, Jean. Can you hear me now? Yes. Now yes. we can. Okay. Um, I, I just, you may, you're talking about writing reminded me of a couple of things. Um, when I was in high school, one of, <laughs> one of my English teachers criticisms of me was that I could always, um, make a point, but I was never very good at proving them. I think I'm much better now, but yep. when you, when you were talking about writing, I had a sixth grade teacher who was, he was a wonderful teacher and the only bad thing was, and I don't know whether he actually failed anybody for not doing this. We were required to write a 25 page story in order to graduate from his class. Oh my goodness. Uh huh. I don't, I, I don't know whether he ever failed anybody for not doing it or whether anybody dared not do it, but I can remember us all at the end of the school cramming to get this stupid story written. No, a, tr a 25 like type written page. No or? handwritten. My mine was because it was typewritten. I think mine was about 16 pages. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty scary for a sixth grader. Yeah. We knew it was coming too, because we knew other people who'd been in his class. <laughs> and, and and he really was a wonderful teacher. Actually, one of the favorite things was that he'd be doing something and somebody'd ask him a question and you could get him off the subject for the whole afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's true. But we learned a lot. I mean, we, we, we learned all kinds of things we probably would never have learned otherwise. Mm -hmm. He was mm -hmm. a really, really nice guy. But yep, you had to write this story. Wow. So anyway, yeah, that's unusual for this country. Thank you, Miss Jean. You're welcome. So, I for for me, some of the things that have come out tonight, which which you know could perhaps talk to some um, to some other classes or some other shows. Um, I've actually been surprised at what some of the folks have said to me tonight, Mr. Brian. I I I had always assumed that people who were in schools for the blind, particularly uh, at, at the time when Jean was there, um, really in, in enjoyed them a lot more <clears throat> and that there were an awful lot of kids in mainstreaming um, who really didn't love it. Um, 
And that's certainly, obviously, it's not a huge sample, but that's not the way it's come out tonight. I, no, I would say that, and I find that yeah. amazing. I really, I really felt that it would be the other way around, like you, right? I've, and part of that might be because, um, again, this whole live with family or live away from family thing. If you haven't experienced that, um, it's hard to imagine, to be honest with you. It's uh, not so much. Kim, by the way, is adamant that when she uh, went from the school for the blind to mainstream high school, mm -hmm. that at that point she was a year and ahead, a year and more ahead of her uh, classmates when she was mainstreamed. Yeah, it depends a lot on the school. Um, I, I think I, that's the other thing we have to acknowledge, yeah. right? That that. Uh, sample is one thing, but the other one is, you know, there's such a yes. difference between one school for the blind and the next school for the blind. So much of that has to do with uh, the attitude in that part of the country associated mm -hmm. with what education was supposed to mean to you. Uh, some people listening tonight will remember uh, Carol... Derwin Carroll McCarroll, uh, who yes. was Kim's sixth grade teacher, uh, and really, you know, insisted that her kids learn to learn uh, and to apply core skills to everything. And that really made a difference when Kim did that transition from the school for the yep. blind to and the mainstream folks may not may not recognize the name but carol was um responsible for starting and um and editing dialogue magazine so not starting exactly. but editing later editing um, she's, yep yeah it um it it was started in illinois sometime before but um right but it was it was um it was the only kind of general interest private magazine for blind folks um, uh, aside from the Matilda Ziegler magazine, which was which was much smaller as compared to Dialogue, which was and then there was, was Life Prints also. Uh, yeah, and and that the, was the for whole kids, organization. Right? Yep, right. And and again, it made uh, again the quality of writing since we were talking about that at the end here that you know it really encouraged people to do writing uh, right. as a way to communicate. Uh, effectively. And, and 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 also was one of the one of the few places that really encouraged blind people um, to actually publish stuff themselves, uh, exactly. which was pretty exciting. And maybe we can yeah, talk about some sure. of that at another show too. Miss Monica, I think we have a couple of hands, or at least one. Yes, we do. We have Janet followed by Jane. Okay. All right, okay, Janet. I was thinking of the one who was talking about the teacher who they could have him change the subject. Well, we had an Italian teacher, Mrs. Deluvio, and she would go into the class and she would say, Andiamo, noi cominceremo, parliamo italiano con il libro a 41, pagina 41. And then the kids would say, what page was that again? And she would say, page number 41. And then she went on in English. <laughs> I never learned 
anything in Mr. Luvio's class because no, no. excellent. Did 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 you have a teacher you particularly loved, Miss Janet? Oh, I loved Miss Franco. She taught Italian beautifully. Thank goodness I had her the next year. But um, yes, and my English teacher who taught us to write, he was so good, um, Mr. Geronim. But you know, not being able to see. I was put into a dumb class because they believed yep. in the 60s when you're in public yeah, school. Exactly. Because you couldn't see, you were. I was in a class with all all boys, football players. And the one kid was 21 years old. He got left back four times. Oh my and goodness. he couldn't even spell his name. But I was the only girl in this class. And I think the first day of school. My, my my sophomore year was the worst year of my life. Uh, you talk, the, She was talking about bullying earlier. I remember in home ec class, I could hear them say, watch what I'm going to do to Danola now. And I knew something was coming. And I'm stirring my cake batter. And across the room, I feel whizzing by me an egg, which split into my pan of cake batter. <laughs> Shells broke everywhere. Cake batter went on my dress. And of course, no one saw who did it. And I didn't see who did it. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, that that was my 10th grade sophomore year when they found out when they found out what I had and found out I really couldn't see. Mm -hmm. cool. Thank you, Miss Janet. Yeah, it just, was, you know, this, yeah. th this story is, is unfortunately not uncommon. No, at all. Uh, a lot of kids who couldn't see well were assumed to be intellectually challenged right. uh, and did not get full value of, of the education they should have uh, been provided for. Who was your favorite teacher, Paul? Well, you have a uh, just, memory just of before a I, specific Just before person? I talk about that, let me talk about the, the exact opposite thing which happened to me. I. I was lucky enough, and, and I say that because I think both my brother and I would agree that it, if it had not been for this particular school, we wouldn't we wouldn't be nearly as capable as we are. But I went to a, a school for boys, a boarding school, and I had a, a, a principal who um, I was generally either first or second in my class, and, I, you know, I had typically had a, a, a grade point uh, or we, we did percentages. So I had an average of 92% or 93%. <clears throat> and so I was feeling pretty good about myself. And she called me into her office and essentially said, um, you know, I don't really care what your grades are. Um, but the fact is um, I've kind of observed you in various classes and I know that you're essentially just, doing enough to get by now you're getting good grades but you need to understand that if you if you don't and I, i'm not sure i agree with what she said but it certainly affected me then but if you don't do better than everybody else you're never going to make it in life because she her view was that as a blind person um, I had to demonstrate that I was more capable than anybody else or else people would just take me for granted and treat me as though I, I belonged in the lower class. I had to step away earlier. Um, I want to say something about schools and Labor Day. 
Very good. I uh, went to several different schools growing up. Kindergarten was at a public school. My only year at a state school for the blind was my first grade year. And that was a very tough year for my twin sister and me. We were both molested by older girls. That somebody alluded to that kind of thing earlier when she said some things happened that kids should never have experienced. Um, my mother was adamant that her girls should go to public schools, and she and many other Oregonians fought for that right through the legislature and got it to happen. They were one of the school the school districts. Uh, in Portland that was early to have itinerant teachers. We should just call them Braille teachers. Um, so second through eighth grade for me were in public school, uh, happened in public schools. There was a school change in the middle of all that. We moved closer to the college where my mother worked, and that changed our school district. We ran into all kinds of issues around uh, they they put us back a grade when we switched oh, schools, thinking that their school was better than where we had been, and therefore we would need to catch up. They also put us back that grade because at that time, that more uh, private kind of school, grade school, had one fifth one sixth, one seventh, and one eighth grade, but they had two fourth grades and they were not going to put twins in one grade together. So oh, we had dear. to go back a grade for their convenience. And then, of course, there were two grades going forward. I loved high school. Uh, it was a public high school in Portland called Lincoln High School. And I loved it. Uh, it was hard, but it was hard for every other kid, too. You know, freshman year, you just kind of walked around going, oh, am I in the right hall? La, 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 la. Like you, Paul, I had a brain that loved to learn and did what I had to to get by. And I was told point blank, you have to step it up or you're eventually going to get left in the dust. And my senior year of high school, my mother was getting ready to move. Our mother was getting ready to move east to New York City to take a job. And I figured out that if I flunked senior English, I would not graduate. So I, I flunked it. I had to work harder to flunk a class I loved than I did anything else. And my counselor <laughs> called me in and said, what are you up to? What are you doing? She said, you got you about 15 to... more seconds, dear one. Okay. You, I forgot to flunk all the other stuff. Anyway, she passed me <laughs> and I graduated. I loved returning to school and I loved returning to college when my kiddos were fair to middling ready to have me you know, busy somewhere else. I believe that learning should be as much a labor and we should invest as much as volunteers to help people learn as we can. I, I just do. And I think Labor Day should be celebrated at schools too. 
there should be big parades. Miss Jane, thank you yes. so much for your call. Everyone who's mm -hmm. called in tonight, this has been fascinating. Um, it certainly led me to think that we may have some other calls or some other programs that we might do with regard to schools. In the meantime, it'll be a mystery what we're going to do next week on Tuesday topics. So good night.